A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the MC Universe. We are the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David. I'm Jean. And I'm Alicia. And we're here to recap Episode 6, the series finale of Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus, titled Home. We'll take you through the episode scene by scene, pointing out things you might have missed in our thoughts and questions. And stay tuned to the end of the show for Comics Corner, where Jean will get into the comic book comparisons. We'll also get some thoughts and theories from our community. Speaking of feedback, we'd love to hear your thoughts about Secret Invasion as a whole for our wrap-up podcast. Email your feedback to mcu at thelawhounds.com or head over to our website, thelawhounds.com, and use the contact form or record us a voicemail. For ad-free versions of this and all of our podcasts, check us out at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We're just completing our one-year anniversary month, and if you hear this before the end of July 2023, you could still get a sticker if you sign up. We custom-produced a thank-you sticker for all of our patrons and anyone who's subscribed at the end of July. That means July 31st at 11.59 and 59 seconds, you too can get one of these. I'll have some more information about that at the end of the podcast. Also, I'll have some programming notes about our schedule and our affiliate schedule as we go into August. So that'll all be at the tail end here. We'd also be forever grateful if you could help us get more ears tuned into the Lawhounds MC Universe. All you need to do is drop us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts is especially helpful, even if it's just a few quick words. We read all the reviews, and they mean a lot to us. And before we get started, just a quick spoiler warning. We'll, of course, be spoiling the entire Secret Invasion series, but spoilers from the rest of the MCU and the Marvel comics are also on the table. And finally, we'd like to note that we are not WGA or SAG-AFTRA members, but we do support them in their strike for better pay and working conditions. We do not and will not accept money from any of the Struck Studios to promote their work. We're just here to talk about the creative work that goes into these projects and why quality creative work is so important to our enjoyment as an audience. Okay, uh, let's get into our episode six entitled Home. So Alicia, can you tell us a little bit about the episode? Yeah, so this episode's called Home, you know, home in your own skin. I guess that's been the theme the whole <laughs> series. Enough. 
And it was directed again by Ali Salim, like the entire series. And the writers this time, well, we had Brian Tucker back, our, my <laughs> favorite, uh, the one who's writing every app. But this time he was joined by Kyle Bradstreet, who's he's a showrunner of this show, but he was especially known for Mr. Robot before this, which is a show I really love. Loved Mr. Robot. Yeah. And he also co-wrote the pilot, which... Yeah, we'll get into it. But like, these are my two favorite episodes, the pilot and the finale of this show. Low bar, but there it is. So <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you, why don't you uh, keep rolling here and, and let us know what uh, you made of this final episode of this series run? Yeah, I mean, I think I wasn't as disappointed as a lot of other people, but I think that's wow. because I had already given up on the show before this. <laughs> so like I came in and I was like, yeah, okay, that's kind of what I expected. And, mm -hmm. you know, they definitely didn't give me any more than I expected, maybe a little bit less, but I, I just kind of experienced it with a shrug. And like, I'm more interested in thinking about the implications going forward than dwelling on all the things I didn't like about this show, because we've talked a lot about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we were talking off air just before we got on about this difference between negativity and criticism yeah, and wanting to be critical and, and examine, because that's the f part of the fun we have, right, is, is taking things apart. But then also being on air and being negative and, and we're trying to um, separate those two things. And yeah, I, I can appreciate the fact that at some point, you just kind of check out and you're like, okay, this is the show. It is yeah. what it is. You know, what, what do we do with it? But we, we do have to have some real talk about how iodide is used to protect against radiation. So, okay. I mean, I'm, I, I have to lob a few last complaints. <laughs> True. But I, and I was really interested yeah. watching the final fight scene to know which different powers that we were seeing mm -hmm. uh, Gaia and, and Gravik display because there was a lot there. Yeah. So yeah, there's, and there's huge, like you say, there are huge implications going forward. Yeah. And I, I don't hate the idea of getting an OP Gaia. I know some people are like, what the hell? But yeah, I'm very curious about how that's going to work out. I know there's a lot of people out there wanting a Scarlet Witch fight now, which would be Ooh. kind of cool. So Interesting. Jean, Scarlet Witch fight, or what else did you think about this episode? Yeah, I want to know if, she, if Gaia is now the most powerful being in the MCU, outside of, you know, the cosmic powers, like the Celestials and things of that nature. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm, you know, the, the thing is, I, I, I never want to be that guy, that person, but having read the comics over and over and over again, they just did a better job telling this story. Sure. And I mm -hmm. can't help but, as I watched this series, I couldn't help but think about all the moments in the comic books that I really loved and that the series didn't really give me a lot of those moments. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think that's that's where I'm, I'm stuck at. There were some great plot points in the series overall and in this episode as well. I, you know, I love Vara reclaiming her name. I didn't you know, I didn't need to, the scene with her and Nick kissing at the end was like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you got walk, Walking over into the light, you know, I didn't get feels. I just like, I was just like. I, I, I meant that about the show to, overall. Right. Yeah. Yeah, overall. yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to feel something about this moment, but I didn't. Right. Mm -hmm, right. You know, Ritson going over to the dark side. Mm -hmm. I, I really didn't see that happening. Because we really didn't get much of Ritson. We didn't. Right. We don't know his personality. We don't know what type of person he is. You know, so him making that that speech at the end was just to me a bit like, okay, where did that come from? Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were things that 
that bothered me and there were things that I that I liked. You know, the the final the fight scene, we all you know, I knew it was it was Gaia you know, walking in there. Right. There's no way right. Nick would have survived. You know what I mean? And and Gravic thinking that Alicia said we're going to have to have a talk about <laughs> how you protect <laughs> yourself from radiation. Like, how would he, why would he believe that's how it works? You know? So there are things that I liked. There are things that I didn't like, and that's for the series as a whole. Um, but we'll get more into the episode as we go on. And one more thing, one more thing, the guy with the sling, why is he still on duty? <laughs> yeah. Like, can, so, <laughs> can we get to the bottom of this? We need like a Senate investigation. We need like a select committee. There has to be somebody investigating the secret service. Why is this guy still on duty? Why, why is he giving the president his, his gun? gun yeah. <laughs> what is going yeah. on here? What right. is happening? Right. What is happening? So, yeah. Yeah, I I think my estimation is that I was really disappointed and let down by this episode. Mm-hmm. It really felt that they took a bunch of tropey concepts. They grabbed a bunch of thoughts about their IP and the draft. I don't know. It just felt like a really confused, jumbled up script. The stuff between Vera and Nick you know, I thought that they were done in their relationship, but then they weren't. And mm-hmm. it, it was a really quick turn. I, I, there was just a lot of confusing stuff. And it just kind of, yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to be over dramatic about my emotions about this. I think the thing that disappointed me the most was that you have an amazing cast. Yeah. You have some real power hitters in here. And and they well, they did what they could with what they got. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But if you're going to roll out that kind of star power mm-hmm. into a show like this, that's going to then leave us where we are with Gaia potentially being the most powerful being in the universe, the, the most powerful non-cosmic uh, being right. that has huge implications Rhodey being a scroll since when that is huge implications and it didn't feel to me that like the powers that be you know the 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 MCU time lords or you know whatever <laughs> however they're managing that you know the uh what, what's the Loki the uh the time control authority yeah the TVA the time yeah, the TVA, the time, yeah, like whatever that version of the TVA is for Marvel, it doesn't feel like they gave the show the care and the consideration that it needed relative to A, who you're bringing in to play the, these characters, and B, what you're making, what you're leaving us with at the end of this in terms of of what does this mean for the MCU going forward, the storyline going forward. There are serious implications that that go backwards and forwards, and and in a comic book, and as I understand it, I've never read the comics for this series, but this was a really wild series because it touched everything in that had come before, and you know who was a scroll and when were they a scroll and all of this kind of stuff. Y- you can do something differently in that medium than this, but. Now with the TV and the movie series, there's a whole we have to we have to ex- uh, retroactively look at. Wait a minute, Rhodey was a scroll for how long? And then now that we have Gaia, what does that mean, especially for Miss Mar? You know, for the Marvels coming up. I, I'm just it was just a very confusing episode for me in that regard. And um, yeah, I, I 
didn't think I was hoping that they would maintain because at the beginning of the episode, the season, you know, the first handful of episodes, they were fine. They weren't great. Mm -hmm. They weren't terrible. They were fine. And they actually got worse, I think, towards the end. Yeah. I, 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 they they just got jumbled and confused and, and no clarity to the story. And that's, again, disappointing. It's, I think, it's really yeah, disappointing. I, I think for me, it was that, you know, I, I just kept at, at first, you know, I was like, well, the next episode is going to like fix things. And then, <laughs> you know, every time that didn't happen, that's why for me, it felt like I got more and more disappointing because I just yeah. gave up more and more until I gave up completely. I gave away all of my fucks. And now this finale was what I expected. You know, I can't yeah. say better than that. Uh, but maybe season two of Loki will start with a scene where the TVA shows up and prunes this timeline and gives us <laughs> everyone the show took from us back. <laughs> what a nice. What a nice. Yeah. Uh. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's about the, the sum of it. I think there's, as always with the show, there's interesting bits. There's, you know, good character moments. There's good acting moments. So maybe we can get into the episode breakdown and and uh, separate out some of those fine threads. Alicia, again, you have been doing yeoman's work. Thank you so thank much you, for thank doing you, all thank these you, thank you. episodes, breakdowns. We're so glad that you are a co-host with us on this show now. Please uh, run us through the episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we pick up with uh, Vara showing back up at her house af in the aftermath after of the shootout last time. And now, interesting to note, there's purple blood mm -hmm. on the walls. And we were I saying, that. yeah. Mm -hmm. and so I guess that was just like a, an, an error in post, just something about this. It just seems like there wasn't oversight on the details on this show. That seems mm -hmm. like a consistent problem we're running into. But yeah, and so Fury calls her and they have this conversation. She says, it's the first time you call this number in years. So I guess he ha wasn't even calling her from space. So he's the worst husband officially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> says, I've dialed this number many times. This is just the first time I press send. And, and then he says, I'm far enough away. It makes sense to keep going the way I'm going. Now, at the time, we're, we're sort of led to believe that that's toward Russia. But I guess it was actually back toward her. Uh, we find out he was actually coming back to, to London. And See, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Keep going. No, I was just gonna say some people think that that was Gaia calling, but I, I think it's got to be Fury. It just doesn't make sense at all if that were Gaia. Yeah, yeah this no, is it was Fury. Too. Yeah, this this is where uh, my confusion. Well, later I was very confused by this episode because when he puts his kind, he kind of tosses the ring into the bowl, mm -hmm. and I just got a real sense of finality, like. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, we've come to the end of our road. I, you know, as much as our, our relationship is meant to us, good or bad, this is where we have to go because I've got to go back to space. And now there's all these other issues and it's just going to be messy. So let's end it here. But then at the end, you know, like, oh, the Cree want to make peace right. and you can be our primary ambassador. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? You know, if, if. Nick and Vera had ended on this sad note, that would have been an interesting story. <laughs> that hmm. would have been good character development. That was, you know, what do you do in the service of humanity or the planet? Nick has spent all his energy and effort and, you know, running these spy networks and just dealing with this really terrible stuff and doing terrible things to try to create a sense of good, right? That's an interesting story. And then what's the personal toll? Well, it ruined his marriage and it ruined his relationship because of the choices that he made, you know, so, you know, sacrificing these things. That is good story. That's like interesting stuff. And so I thought we were going there when he tossed the ring in the bowl, but nope, we didn't. We decided to, you know, 
yeah, make peace I, and and go on, happy, go live happy endings. together. Happy yeah, endings, yeah. I think they're they're trying to play with us so much, like in terms of like, oh, will they or won't they? That they just Ugh. got to make it make sense, right? <laughs> just yeah, and again, you know the interesting interesting concept there of what did you do and can you come back from that can mm. you you know at, at what point do sometimes things are just too far and you can't repair that anymore and really the best thing for both people is to separate and and go off and find closure and healing in their own ways so okay yeah well then um after this opening scene we get the plot lines yeah the scenes sort of go back and forth between the hospital setting and the new scroll setting so we're just going to tackle them one at a time starting with the hospital where yeah, we that find makes sense. Yeah. Uh, where we finally get another advisor for the president. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this admiral actually looks like she's from the military wearing a uniform, unlike Rhodey, who's just like in a suit. Oh, and then when like that, we saw a peek through the door, there was a whole crowd of people outside. Outside, yes. Yeah. Thing, yes. And, finally. And AIDS looking in. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the stuff crazy. filmed in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, she's like, well, President Vladimov, which, come on, that name, whatever, moving on. <laughs> he says it wasn't him, it was a false flag. And Rody slash Rava responds, did you take stu- a stupid pill with your breakfast this morning, Admiral? Like, uh, come on. Co- come on. Like, this come is. On. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was like, oh, I know it's not Rody, mm-hmm. but even a Skrull impersonating Rody would have to know that. That is not something I can credibly say without possibly blowing my cover. Yeah. 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 And and I think something military to military, you can have your thoughts or feelings about the person who's in that uniform. And Rhodey's, if anything, a, a, a soldier. Yes. There's no way he's going to disrespect the rank of a higher ranking Right. Soldier in that relative way. to him, no right. way. And and the, and the thing I took from this, this not in front of the president, right. maybe yeah. in the exactly. bar after right. later somewhere, but right. not in front of the president. It, it was a stark contrast to the scene, the scene between him and Fury in that second episode when they were talking about how you are my, you are not my brother just because you're black. Don't mean that we on the same page and things of that nature, right? That struck me more true than this scene with her talking to this general. It made no sense that he, Rhodey, would behave in this manner in front of the president, like you said, David, and actually think that no one would think this is weird. What's wrong with Rhodey? Like, mm-hmm. w- what happened to him? Where did this come from? There's no possible way that anyone who knew Colonel Rhodes would say to themselves, there's not something wrong here. It, it it just doesn't it doesn't track. And I'm looking back at her conversations, Gravis' conversations with other folk outside of Nick Fury. How didn't they see this difference? How? Somebody yeah. explain it to me. Because right. I, I just don't get how people who would have known him would not see Picked the difference right. in his attitude. Can we also address the issue of his spinal injury? Because I believe, remind me the movie where we saw him in some very thin leg braces that were helping him walk. Well, yeah. They were very sleek and, you know, uh, minimalistic. 
And then now there's nothing and there's no, there's no hint of, of the injury that he's. Yeah. Well, that's, that seems to be the last time we saw them with him uh, with those braces was, um, shall we discuss this at the end though? Because when we discuss. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, so they are interrupted by an aide, and uh, there's real-time satellite images of, quote-unquote, Russian tanks uh, taking position along the Finland and Ukrainian borders. And I'm like, okay, again, you rewrote <sighs> stuff, and this is what You're you left? keep that. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what did you take out? <laughs> and yeah, and Rodi Rava is like, here are some words I'd like you to put into your mouth as you address the public. Uh, show strength, which... Yeah, I always think is the mark of weak leadership when you're like smashy, smashy, ask questions later. But I can understand it does actually make sense that Rava would be encouraging this, of course. But that the president is falling for it is like, okay, I don't know. Who's this guy? How to get elected? (laughs) (laughs) And who is is Rhodey to be making, giving the president the speech? Yeah. How is that his role? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an advisor. He's a military advisor. Now he's making speeches. What is going on here? This is totally, (laughs) totally unbelievable. No, I don't believe any of it. I I believe the shape-shifting aliens way more than this, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then Sonia calls, and she's like, get the president out of there. Fury's headed straight for you. And actually, she's telling the truth, we find out later. So Rodi Rava moves the president on a gurney. Yeah, the security is taken out one at a time with darts. And then, yeah, ouchy arm aid ends up, like you said, (laughs) giving up his freaking gun to the president because he demanded it. Yeah, and and uh, Rodi Rava's like, we can move him in here. And Sonia pops out behind the door with a gun. Real Rodi would have known to check behind doors, which fair. Anytime you want to call out how bad this person is at their job, good. But how did Sonia know to be in that room? (laughs) And then, yeah, they take it back out in the hall and there's a standoff. To be fair... I didn't <laughs> see a lot of this coming. Well, I don't know. Maybe I I kind of gave up trying to understand what was going on here. So that it you was, weren't bothered uh, by this so much. Yeah, it was. It it just became a, an absurd thing of running the president around on a on a gurney with his you know right. security being silently taking out. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, there's some there's some cat and mouse thing here afoot, and I just I, I just let it happen. So. Yeah. The president taking the gun <laughs> was ludicrous. And I get what they were trying to go for was to put the president, you know, this character into this life and death situation. And rather than put his trust in his advisors and his security detail and all of that, he's got to react out of fear, which then later informs his decision to make all non-humans who are living on the earth enemy combatants to, des- to make that designation. And so for me, I could understand the plot device that they were going for, which was to put him into this crisis moment. And in this crisis moment, as a, you know, as a weak man, he's chosen fear over other, other choices. So I, I get that, but it was just ridiculous. No way the president would ever do that, you know, just not. Do we even know he knows how to use the gun? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was he a former military no idea. Yeah, we have no idea who he is. We, we don't. And then even, what is that? That agent who is tra- highly, highly, highly trained mm-hmm. is supposed to do with one arm and no gun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, okay. Yeah, reminds <laughs> reminds me of the uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the uh, the Black Knight. Uh-huh. Oh right, yes, exactly. <laughs> We're gonna I'll do bleed on off. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monty um, Python, love those guys. 
Okay, this is a good time to take a break. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we're back. Okay, so then we we get an, a random scene in here that with everything that's been hacked out, I don't. There must be a reason this scene was included. But uh, so we just see a handoff on an arid landscape where a classified file is handed over, and the only interesting thing I can see about it is a soldier who takes the file uh, has Richards on his thing, but it's definitely not like doesn't look Reed like Richards. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. But I, I can't understand why that scene is still in there uh, when it seems like they've taken everything else out. But, I thought it was yeah. authorization for the strike. Yeah, but That's do we what, need to see that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, an authorization right. for the strike is a telephone call to exactly. NORAD, you know, to yes. Under the Mountain, Under Cheyenne Mountain or whatever. What, what, what is this? Like, what did you just print it from the printer? Did you fax <laughs> over the, the documents? <laughs> you faxed you know? it, yeah. What, what is this? And yeah. Um, and meanwhile, at New Scrollos, talking about infuriating things. Uh, so Fury rolls up on scroll base and there are some crap guards that are easily distracted and taken out. And, but despite the guards out front, the base seems largely abandoned and the bodies are left in the cafeteria where the graphic beatdown attempt took place, including Beto, and, uh, which was the fresh young kid that Gaia recruited herself. And since we know that that was actually Gaia seeing him, that's, that's sad. And that probably made her real, real mad. And yeah, and then we get we get the clicking whine of a radiation detector that I'm just going to use the Fury name for this scene. Um, the Fury turned on, and <laughs> and we see like Fury stumbling and just like gulping down these. Um, they call them iodide pills, but uh, okay. So this I had to immediately pause when I was watching and like start looking some stuff up because none of this made any sense to me <laughs> so yeah what's the science here so here's how it actually works so it's potassium iodide and these are pills that you take about one pill per day to block radioactive iodine being absorbed by the thyroid which yeah, and it's actually more important for kids than adults you take one pill it protects you about for, for about 20 hour 24 hours and there's no point in taking more because you'll just pee out the rest and it'll cause extra side effects. They they only protect your thyroid so that you don't so you don't get cancer in that way. Uh, but it doesn't protect you in any other way from radiation. And mm. coughing is not a common uh, side effect of especially sudden radiation sickness, like outside of say you know lung cancer treatments. But I guess it's the most common side effects are really like vomiting and diarrhea. So I guess maybe the, I'll give them that. This is more pleasant. <laughs> But I don't know. Yeah, my headcanon is just like maybe scrolls don't know about human anatomy. So like Gravik says this is a thing and Gaia's like, all right, I'll play it up. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always a, not a great mark when you have to do so much headcanon exactly. to, make a show, yeah. exactly. uh, to make a show work out. But yeah, it was really funny to see um, Samuel L. Jackson playing Gaia, playing Nick, playing mm. fake sick. Right. <laughs> it was a really right. a weird right. thing. And you're like, okay. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, if that 
site was that radioactive. Okay, granted, they could, you know, the scrolls could, you know, be there. I get it. But wouldn't mm-hmm. that have hurt the human yeah. hosts that were exactly. also there? Maybe they doped them up in some way. Again, more headcanning. Uh, protected them with something. Yeah, Who knows? It. But then they're all coming out of the cave, blinking eyed and yeah. carrying each other, and they're fine. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And how did Gaia know about taking the pills? Because when Nick I, has that call, he's in the car. Isn't I guess he? Nick told her, though, because okay. that's clearly who he called at the end of the last episode. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so then, so Gaia gets inside as Nick, and we get the confrontation with Gravik inside the giant magic science ball, of course. And, and, and it's just so apparent what's going to happen, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Obvious. And he says, everyone's locked up. What does that mean? Locked up? Like, his own people are locked up, or he sent them away and is lying? I don't know. I shouldn't think about it too much. Fury's not doing well, so Gravik kicks the pills down the drain, which good because they weren't doing anything anyway, and then uh, feeds Fury a flask to toast to Fury's last stand and asks, where are the Avengers? The the question of the series. I don't know why people keep pointing it out. <laughs> and then he says, what about that invisible cloak and shield? The the what now? What do you, Jean, do you have any idea what that's about? I had no idea about that maybe he's talking about the space station um you know but organization like i I don't i don't know who he was referring to at that moment the first thing that that came to to mind was like cloak and dagger yeah me too but But that but shield doesn't make yeah it makes zero sense doesn't acknowledge that they exist yeah exactly so i i i I was really at a loss for who or what Gravik was talking about in, in that moment. Yeah. And I'm still at a loss because I, I, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of, been a lot of these little lines this uh, season that just, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it'll get explained at the end. And it's not. So anyway. Yeah. And then so Fury says to Gravik, you're using my skin as a face. But then actually it's Gaia pretending to be Fury. So that's like. Oomph. Yeah. That's the wrong kind of layers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. and Gravik says, this is the face I use was the first human that I killed. You made me my first mission. You don't even remember, which makes sense because it's actually Guyana uh, Fury. And uh, says, I wanted to impress my hero, killed a misguided man with wife and children, which please more info on that. I need to know what kind of misguided yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then says, every kill took a little piece of my heart. So that right there was the moment that I said this was a waste of an opportunity. Because when he said that, I said to myself, what a story that could have been told. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd have been much more interested in that story than whatever was going on in the secret invasion. I this- could see that storyline play out really nicely in a series of flashbacks where uh, as we're learning more and more about Gravik and they were building to this tension between Gravik and And uh, Fury um, coming into a conflict. And then that would be a great moment for this young idealist who is in the awe of of Fury and feeling really great about having such a positive impact on the world and making a difference. And then he's ordered to do this thing and he ends up having to kill this guy. And then that's that first drop of evil poison into his, you know, system. And then that's, you know, slowly changes him over time. That as a, as you say, Jean would be a super interesting story. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that um, for me personally, the, this speech that follows that was Gravik at its best for this series. Uh, but as um, Abby said on oh, Twitter, too I little, agree. too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely agree with that. Definitely yeah. agree. But Gravik says, yeah, Talos was weak. He turned a war people into a band of beggars. Uh, mm. Not going to make his mistake of putting my trust in you. Uh, you used and discarded us. And everything I've done is going to be your fault. Uh, everything I'm going to do, I'm going to kill you and humanity, all your fault. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love that we get a Gravik explanation. Like, we've been hinting at it. We've been saying this is personal for him. This is not about the greater good of, of you know, Skrulls. That he has a, a thing with Fury, and this was this was the confirmation that this was about Fury and how Fury led him down the wrong path, and right. that's a great story to tell. Unfortunately, Nick Fury doesn't know this. Right, right. Yeah, I hope Gaia tells him <laughs> because yeah. Then um, I was I was totally baffled by because I hadn't I didn't figure out at this moment yet that it was Gaia. Mm-hmm. I was totally baffled when, by Fury's response by, you're right, I failed you, fine. Uh, I knew within a few years there was no other planet out there for you. And I was like, what? So now we have to question, is that actual information or probably just Gaia making it up? And then said, yeah, I knew I could only keep my promise if I built a home for you here, but it's easier to save the lives of 8 billion people than it is to change their hearts and minds. So... On the one hand, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. On the other hand, it's like, what? Let's not try. I don't. What do you think of that, uh, David? Um, sorry. Um, that he said, or Gaia as Fury says, uh, I knew I could only keep my promise if I built a home for you here. But it's easier to save the lives of eight billion people than it is to change their hearts and minds. This is just weak sauce from <laughs> Nick Fury. You a you made a promise, to but it's not him. Nick Fury. It's Gaia, though. It, it, yeah, that's true. That, that is that is true. Uh, um, I, I I'm confused. I just don't. I, yeah. don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I can't, so. I can't work out the math here on Gaia versus Nick. Uh, yeah, who's I, who? I don't know. Who's saying what? Yeah, I, in, in this moment, because I I knew it was Gaia, right? Right. So I'm I'm listening to it, and I'm like, okay, this is her father. Right. Yeah. Right. Because this is what her father was was trying to do, was trying to set up. He in retrospect, it it seems as if Talos knew there was not going to be a found home for the scrolls. Right. In retrospect, he knew that this was it. We got to make a home here on Earth. So when he figured that out, I don't know. Did he say he figured it out during when when the snap, when the blip happened? Is that when the millions? I can't remember. He said when he said the million scrolls came. Was it? I, I don't the think blip? they said when, but I mean, we've gotten a few different dates thrown out there. Right. Would that make sense then? I mean, there's a yeah, there's a logic there. There is. Halos saying that we brought in a million scrolls, and guess what? You've lost half your Earth population, so no big deal. Nobody's going to see it. Right. Right. Two, it's two everything, million scrolls. Yeah. It's two million scrolls. Yeah. So everything's in disarray. I don't know what, you know, what's half the population of the earth, you know, uh, 3 billion people. So what's 2 million four, off of yeah. three, four, uh, four? Right. Are we at eight now? Oh my mm-hmm. God. I remember when we were at four <laughs> as a kid, we talked about the earth's population. So to what's, what's 2 million against uh, 4 billion. Right. 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 Those, that number of scrolls could show up on the planet mm-hmm. and it's really not going to cause any kind of. Uh, notice because everything's sort of in a mess right now because of the of the snap. Yeah, and and the thing between the conversation, this the scene between them, 
it was really not about the scrolls at large. This was something personal between Gaia and Gravik. Yeah. It was personal for Gravik because he thought it was Nick Fury. And then now, you know, he's still battling Talos at the end because that's who he sees Gaia representing. Right? This this notion that the the scrolls can coexist on Earth with humans, which he's totally against now. So and then you have Gaia who, yes, she's posing as, as Nick Fury and she's saying all these things, right? But at the end of the day, when she's looking at Gravik, what is she looking at? She's looking at the person that killed her, her parents. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So this series, the secret invasion was never about a secret invasion. This was no. always personal mm-hmm. between Gaia, Talos, Gravik, and Nick Fury. Yeah. That's what the Secret Invasion series boiled down to me, and I and that's what I thought watching this scene. Okay, which, which would have it, been a better story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and it it tra- in general it tracks to have Gaia do you know having a shape shifting uh, race and doing this now. But okay, so this opens up another question: Scrolls can't tell when other scrolls are doing their impersonation. I no. always thought that they no. just had a. Kind of, uh, there's no uh, scrolly. Uh, yeah, there's a little no. telltale. Yeah, no. I kind of no. see that you're doing the thing, but they can't tell. No. no. Okay. They don't know. Yeah, because they're. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I I, I just assumed that there was some sort of uh, poker player sort of sixth sense. Oh, I, I I know what your tells are, right? You know, and and so. Um, I mean, if if they happen to know that particular scroll who's you know person. put on a, a, a different face mm-hmm. they may be able to tell just like you know you you know your your friends and your loved ones right right but as so far as like you know personality cues yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly. As, as, oh as, i know who you whole. are yeah exactly yeah. as far as like having a, a sixth sense about it no okay that's good to know it was the uh talk of the blip that clued me in that this was actually gaia because um mm. because quote unquote fury said i was relieved when i flaked and I was like, wait a minute, that's not it, it, the in an infinity war. He's like, what is he mouths like, what the fuck or something like that? Like, oh, <laughs> um, that's right. That's a good, that's right. That's a good pull. I didn't, I didn't really realize that. I, I, I didn't have Fury's um, uh, disappearance in my head fresh. So I was just assuming what the show was telling me was accurate. But that's a nice little twist right there. But then, you know, so Fake Fury says, I came back to the earth because of you. I felt responsible for you. Should have taught you uh, to never give up the fight. And I'm like, wait a minute. That seems like the last lesson that Gravik needs to learn. (laughs) This is not his problem. (laughs) And then says, because I failed you and yeah, I failed our people or whatever the people I've decided to give you this vial. Um, So I'm giving you what you want because I failed you. It's Carol Danvers DNA along with the Avengers. So First of all, like, Gravik should have this? known this was a trick. And second of all, what? They're just all, like... Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Alicia. No, just they're all mixed up in this, uh, in this in this vial. We'll get through what exactly they say is in there. But just, uh, I, I'm actually less bi- bothered by this than I am about the iodide. But still, it's, it's worth being said. Like, what's going on with this? Oh, man. Let's go. Let's, let's just run it down. Let's just run it down. <laughs> yeah. What's in the vial? 
Um, yeah, and I, I also think it's funny. After, we're about to go through this whole list of everything in there that's in there, and he's like, "It's pure." I'm like, "No, it's like a complete <laughs> mess." <laughs> it's anything but pure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what we've got is um, we've got Captain Marvel, of course. She was name called, which up to this point was one of the most OP people just on her own. Yep. But then we're going to add to that. Captain America and Winter Soldier, which are super soldiers. We've got Thanos, which is like basically a sort of demigod. And I don't know, he's connected to the Eternals, the Eternals he's in the an comics. Eternal. But in the MCU, is yeah, he? Yeah, he is I mean, also. Because um, at the end of Eternals, yeah, his brother showed up. So yeah, yeah he's an Eternal and... and all right. But anyway, so yeah, he totally OP'd himself also, plus all of his kids. So we've been talking about Call Obsidian this whole show. Uh, that's the super <laughs> strong one. Yeah. We've got Ebony Maul, and that's the one where we saw, when we saw Gravik's arm go like gray with the rings on the fingers and do yes. this telekinesis, that was Ebony Maul. We've got Proxima Midnight, where she's just basically got like superhuman fighting abilities, like speed and strength and all that. And then Corvus Glaive is the same, but also with healing. And then we've got an Outrider, which is one of Thanos' attack dogs, a Chitari, which is one of those aliens from the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie. And then from Guardians of the Galaxy, we've got Gamora, Drax, Flora Colossus, which is Groot, and Mantis, so empath abilities. Um, that's a nice touch. We've got Thor Odinson, Valkyrie, you know, the Tessa Thompson character, Thor's rocky friend Korg, which is a bit like the thing. We've got uh, the Frost Beast, of course, which apparently, I'm <laughs> guessing that's what makes the stabby ice arm we see later. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, because there's no other, so I guess that's the ice, we've been wondering the whole time what's the Frost Beast ability, I guess that's it. <laughs> We've got the Hulk, of course, and Abomination, even though Abomination wasn't at the battle for Earth, but he was in government custody for a while, so that would have been how they got his DNA. And same for Ghost. She wasn't at the battle of Earth. She uh, was a villain from the second Ant-Man movie, um, but she was an agent for a while, so that's probably how they got it. And that's where the phasing powers come from, uh, from Ghost. Yeah, and, and the question is, is there more that we didn't see? Like the side panel, there was Black Panther in there too, but uh, we didn't see anything like that. Maybe they decided it was more tasteful not to include that. <laughs> and I have questions because there's a lot of repetitive power. So are, is there any reason why specifically these were picked? They seem to be in clusters. I don't know. What do you um, think, Sean? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, you know, it, it was just like a, a big mop up. Like <laughs> we're just going to go to a site and we're going to collect any blood or any any samples that we can get, any anything that we can that we can use, regardless of who it comes from or how we get it, it doesn't matter. We just want it, and that seemed to be to me, it does it does it doesn't track. It doesn't make sense because one, and I'm <laughs> going back to this again. I, I'm sorry, but there is no way I feel that Shield could have done this and no one noticed. Uh huh. That's the biggest thing that that um. I'm taking away from this. Like Nick Fury had this plan to collect everybody's DNA. Okay, cool. Nick Fury collected everybody's DNA. Okay, cool. No one knows Nick Fury collected everybody's DNA. In the way Except that the MC Gravic. Right. Because he's the one that collected it, right? Right. But in the way that the MCU operates, the 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 level of sophistication that they've given us, let's if you think about Wakanda and, and Wakanda's technology and and how they, you know move around the world, move around the globe almost in silence, how would they not know? It, like, how would they not think to say to themselves, you know what, we can't trust the Americans. Uh, we just had this huge, this huge fight. And 
we cannot trust the Americans to be like, oh, okay, let's just clean everything up. <laughs> How did no one think that? Well, but this I guess, but they, but they said, you know, that Nick said that's why he sent in the scrolls because I guess they probably posed as Wakandans. Oh, well, uh, yeah, and then good there's point. a good point. You, you know getting in and getting out and being able to shapeshift. Uh, that's a, a significant tactical advantage in being unnoticed or if you run into a problem, somebody challenges you, you know, right? There's a lot of, you know, nor- normal TV spy acting stuff that they could, you know, get away with. So I'll take those points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we see most of these um, powers play out in the fight that follows. I thought it was a cool concept with the morphing, like each body part would like morph while they use that power. And it was Visually, you know, is a nice way to distinguish what's going on and, you know, a fun Easter egg hunt. But on the plus, on the, sorry, on the minus side, um, they clearly didn't give the CGI artist enough time. No, no, they did not. Uh, Can I ask you a question, Alicia? Mm -hmm. All of those powers that you listed out, Mm -hmm. did you go online and find all of that or did you recognize them or do you recognize most of them straight off the bat? So, yeah, so what I did is I, um, that scene where the names flash mm-hmm. by, I, I took like a burst shot with my camera so I could scroll through them and see okay. what exactly names were there. And then, um, yeah, I, I recognized all of them. I think I had to look up Outrider. I forgot, yeah, that that's what the, like, Thanos's okay. dog creatures are named. But the rest okay. are, mo- it's mostly pretty big names, uh, although, except Ghost, but they, aren't they bringing Ghost back for Thunderbolts think, or something? I think they are. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I that's why they're going to be on the yeah. team. Well, can I just give you a virtual high 10 across our screens here? <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> skill level and dedication. So thank you for doing that. Because that was one of my big questions was I would see yeah. these powers flick by and a handful of them. I was like, okay, I think I know what that one. That's obviously Groot or, right, you know, you know, Mantis, you know, simple things like that. And but there were so many. And then, as of course, you yeah, have the CGI here, here or there. Yeah, good job. <laughs> That's <laughs> an impressive, you. impressive skill. Or maybe I just spent too much time watching Marvel movies. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you can never spend too much time watching Marvel movies. Come on, good stuff. Yeah, but yeah, so we get our uh, Pele was completely correct, by the way. Uh, that you know we get our yes Gravik versus Gaia, same power set, punch out. I'm mad you killed my mommy and daddy. Um, I do have a technical. I totally question. was thinking of Pele's uh, email there. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. They called it perfect. Good job. Internet points awarded. I do have a question, though. Before we get all hunky Hulk graphic and the punch out, bring the nuclear plant down fight that, you know, they get dosed in the giant magic science ball. But then, yeah, so graphic, he sets it up and goes in there knowing Nick's in there. But have we been told at some point, like, are humans supposed to die from this exposure? Like, why does he is does he not care that Nick's in there with him, even if he thinks it's a human? I, I had thought that too. And I, at first I, I wasn't sure. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I stopped trying to, you know, yeah. divine who is who. And I thought, Oh, Nick Fury's going to get superpowers. Oh, that's going to be interesting. And then it was guy. I was like, Oh, okay. I'll, that, okay. That makes a lot of sense. My thought was that when Gravik, you know, turn on the machine, it's designed for scroll DNA and physiology. And right. so, you know, right. a non-scroll would just get fried in some way, right. turn into some, you know, hideous monster. But then was he, wasn't he surprised when Nick didn't like fry when the machine but Isn't that when yeah. the reveal happened? Yeah. That's yeah. The but then, happened. but he's, doesn't seem surprised that Nick's not just like dead on the ground, you know? Okay. He's just, All yeah. Right. 
I didn't then, realize yeah. that close. <laughs> but then the reveal happens and the theme song plays and I still love the music. So just another shout out to Chris Browers. He's a great um, composer. And yeah, I, I have to give Gaia some credit too, that she's the only one who uses non-attack powers in the fight. So she uses ghost phasing and she mm-hmm. uses the mantis uh, empathy power to like tell him to sleep. And that's how she ends up winning it. But how does she know how to use these powers? She's never met mantis. But how does she use it the same way as her? That I did notice that there were a couple of moments where you could see her thinking or or using a power, and she's flying, and maybe she's a little wobbly or or something like that. So she's you know they, yeah, okay. they hinted at working it out real time. But yeah, how would you know Mantis and sleep? Yeah, that's so specific. now that did I did laugh. I thought that was very cute. I was like, yeah. great. She's using a complete regardless of how she understands to how to use these powers. Mm-hmm. The fact that she was a smart use a, time to, yeah. a non-combative uh, thing, and she—I was like, oh, that was very clever, and that was very cute, and a really nice play to to Gaia's level of intelligence and her cunning, and that she has, uh, you know, achievement unlocked. Right? She's at, at a sort of a new level of being a smart spy type person. So, right. So I appreciated that, and I, it was an, it was funny. I actually laughed. I was like, oh, that's cute. That's you know, it was good. Yeah, but then she ends it with a blast through the stomach, which. I don't know. What do you guys like? Do you guys think he's really dead? His eyes go glassy, but this is someone who has extremis and like Groot capabilities and he grew back his brain when he was shot in the head before. So do you think it's possible he might be coming back? Yes. (laughs) In the MCU, anything is possible. Jean, do you think it's possible he might be the MCU version of Hulkling? No. No? No. Too OP? Yeah. Not not even too OP because- because Hulkling uh, is a whole character with scroll ties. Yeah, but the Hulkling, he he has a whole different comic book kind of of history that it just wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to have Gravik take on that role. I I don't see Gravik coming back as anyone but Gravik. Like he's going to be who he is, and he might be this version of the Super Scroll that poses a threat to the MCU. Right. I don't know this fight scene to me signified like okay like we said earlier gaia is the most powerful non-cosmic being in the mcu currently right Mm -hmm. i want to know exactly i guess we'll get to it you know in in a in a few minutes but exactly what does that mean for the future of the mcu you know because yeah i don't know yeah um yeah that's that is a huge huge question it's and it's part of the the reason why you know, I'm frustrated with this series and this fight scene. Like you said, how does she know how to use, you know, mantises? Very specific, go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? It's a very specific thing. Yeah. And she just got these powers unless she somehow downloaded how to use them when they are put into you. Was she you know? watching tape <laughs> yeah. right. of, of previous fight scenes? You know, I mean, like, if there, if this were Taskmaster, that would make sense. That would yeah. make sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. we don't get a I sense that that is. I mean, they that could that have is. given it some way. Like, they could have seeded that if they wanted. Because that, that was a nice way to end the fight. They could have just seeded, I don't know, somebody said something to her. Some, I don't know. But they just, yeah, weren't tying together the pieces. And then um, Gravik, his last words are, you're just like your father, just like them. And I'm like... How so, and like who, and how is that an insult right now? Like, right, I'm very- <laughs> right, right. And I guess maybe he he felt like Gaia was supposedly on his side at some point, right? You know, yeah. like willing to do whatever it takes to bring the Skrulls a home world. 
Mm-hmm. But as we learned, this was never about bringing the scrolls a homeworld for for graphic. Yeah. So for him to even say you're just like your father, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what I took when he said that. I'm like, so what? What does that mean? Why shouldn't she be like her father? There's nothing that's happened in this series to make me think that she shouldn't be like her father. So why would you think that she shouldn't be like her father, graphic? As your dying, you know, last words. Why is that going to upset her? There's just no, there's so many questions that statements like that give me that I have a hard time saying to myself, trying to figure out why people say the things that they say. I want to know why they say the things that they say. And this fight scene, while it was cool to see them use their powers and, and all of that, it wasn't my favorite fight scene in the in the show. What was your favorite fight scene in the show? I think my favorite fight scene in the show was in the meat locker. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair. Me too. You yeah. know, they had all of this, all of this great opportunity to to give us a real OP fight scene. You know, it was it was it was fine. It was cool, but it was an end game. You know mm. what I mean? You, you could. It wasn't anything that I would be like, oh, you have to see this fight scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to watch it. I can't tell anybody, oh, you have to watch this fight scene because they use all these super scroll powers. Right. It was a good concept, but again, the execution. The execution. Is the that execution. It seems to me that it's almost a inappropriate use of the television show to use this OP fight scene. It's a six episode limited series. And you're creating the most super power being and I, I, were, were they really hoping that this would mark the show to be at this next level of a, of a cinema, of a movie related experience? See, I, I don't, I don't uh, agree with differentiating like how much movies or the shows should contribute okay. to the MCU because, okay. especially because the shows have more space to do more meaningful things. Uh-huh. Yes. But no, but I, I get your point. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it just if it were a better show, then I would maybe have we'd feel a bit it. different. I'd feel yeah. different about it. Mm-hmm. And for a six episode run to then result in this, that's that's a lot of heavy lifting. I, regardless of this show in particular, just to do that in a television show in general, that is a huge buildup. And I mean, if we look at Thanos and the Avengers, how many years was the buildup to Endgame one and two? Very long. Mm. Right. right. It was a right. lot of work. It was right. a lot of effort to very careful nudging and bringing things together and lining them up. Some really great successes and some, uh, you know, not so great movies. But it was a really focused effort to do that. And then just to try to shove six episodes to to get us to this point of a, of yeah, a guy I mean, super. Yeah. I mean, this is no end game, but she could change the next end game. She could. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But do we get a sense of that going forward? At the end, like, I I got no sense that she's going to be, you know, some sort of major player in the MCU because I I have no sense that Sonya is a major player in the MCU. Yeah, I yeah. guess in in our wrap up character in our wrap yeah. up episode, yeah. uh, we we're gonna have to we'll pick up like what, where, yeah, is Gaia gonna show up in the Marvels? What's gonna be her role? Yeah, right, right. So yeah, so back at the hospital to uh, wrap up that non-reveal, Fury does show up um, as Sonya promised, but the president's not sure who to trust. And yeah, why didn't I don't know why Sonya didn't just like injure him like she did to right. her other scroll reveals, right. like cut off right. a finger, shoot him in the hand, whatever. I guess Something. maybe because the president might have shot her. I don't know. 
Nah, it, it made no sense. It's okay. We can say it. <laughs> it made no sense for her not to not to do that. They made a point. very specific point of her shooting her Same. boss. Right. To, and the finger cutting that. off. And the finger. Right. And the finger. Yeah. So they, they laid the track work. And then when it be, when it was important, she they didn't, didn't do use it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Ritson gets like a fast, you know, skull debrief on the spot while Rodi Rava is like, just stay the course and all our enemies will be vanquished. Like talking <laughs> to him like, like he's a child playing a video game. I don't know. <laughs> and then, yeah, we see the bomb meanwhile opening. Like, this is supposed to be some stakes for us. And, um, and Fury's like, just delay and you can always do it later if I'm wrong. So we get the struggle for the gun. Fury shoots uh, Rhodey slash Bravo through the head, and we've got the purple blood again, which I'm like too bad. Oh, of course, yeah. Yay, the president cancels the strike. Yay, I guess. But it's too bad that we lost Bravo because that could have been an interesting <laughs> villain. <laughs> she could have been an interesting villain. I, I agree with that. Uh, can I ask you guys a question? Did you get any sense of watching this? Were you at all worried that this wasn't going to go down the way that it went down? Uh, no. Meaning, I I, I think the... the th- I wasn't worried. The one thing that shocked me was Ritson's decision. That's what I was not prepared for, that scrolls were going to be made enemies of. Or, you know, or sorry, not scrolls, but enemies. What happens after this, you mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that 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 I, I guess, to answer like, your question. In this moment, I there was never one second that I thought that the bomb would drop. Okay. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, exactly. Never Same. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this tense exchange that happened... I see. Was, yeah, your was not was, tense yeah. for me at all. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just infuriating to 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 watch Sonia try to explain to the president that this is a to watch yeah. Nick Fury try to explain to the president that this is a scroll instead of showing the president that this is a scroll mm-hmm. until the very last moment where they shot the scroll in the head. Yeah, it, it, it just yeah, it made no sense. Yeah, they spend most of the rest of the episode like building up this. Is there a human versus scrolls tension? Because first we get Gaia; she's being an ally again, like her father was, and is freeing the humans from uh, New Scrollos. So we see Doctor Dalton, the human form, the UK Prime Minister, the art dealer from the first episode, the female scroll warrior human who never did anything interesting, so <laughs> must have been cut. Uh, human pagan, Rhodey Ross. And uh, Rosk asked uh, Colonel Rhodes, how long have you been here? Yeah. And <laughs> Rhodey looks gaunt and can't walk on his own. So, yeah, you, uh, David, you were bringing up the leg braces earlier. But, yeah, so he had, after he was paralyzed in Civil War, he had leg braces that were helping him walk. And the first time we saw him without them was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Okay. So some people are like, oh, it's been since Civil War because he was in a hospital ground. But I'm, I'm thinking, no, let's... That pisses people off because then that means he wasn't there for Tony's death and all that. Um, but I think we should look at the leg braces and that he was swapped out right before Falcon and Winter Soldier with, which is uh, kind of half satisfying to me because like I'll, I can accept it. But if that was Rava, it was at least Rava with a different writer because it's a very different personality. But <laughs> Well, and this goes to the, the inattentive care. MC, I've come to expect from the MCU that these kinds of plot details are very carefully tracked. Right. The, the show, the resources that they have for writers to be able to find these details, hold them, carry them forward, intentionally plant this one in this movie so that pays off in that show, which pays right. off in, in this movie. That is what I expect this genre, this subgenre of MCU stuff to do and to do it well and to do it excellently. And then to retro this in this way feels inattentive to me. 
Mm-hmm. They they were not so when did it and uh, we should be able to go back and clearly identify the moment that the switch for Rody happened right you know we all the internet sleuths should be able to go oh okay I think it would yeah it's right here here it is and that's satisfying for the MCU but to have this vague wait a minute when where it right, feels right. like a poor decision in the present that was not pre planned that retroactively changes a whole bunch of stuff and maybe you can do that with comic books because of it, it's a different type of medium, but in this medium, that's, it's, it's poor planning in, in my opinion. For me, I, I, when I saw Rhodey, I, I immediately hoped that he had been replaced, you know, after civil war, (laughs) I'm not (laughs) one of the persons who was upset because I think that would be great for his character going forward, you know, going into, you know, armor wars or whatever role that he's going to play in the MCU to have him deal with the fact that he wasn't there for Tony's death to deal with the fact that all of these things happened while he was, you know, replaced basically. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that's what happens, but there's a part of me that, that knows that that probably won't be what it is, but I think that would be really, um, I think it would be really cool to, to see him react to those things, um, that happened, you know, in the years that he was gone instead of making it more recent. I hope mm-hmm. they, they, they push it back to post-Civil War. I think the only reason why I hate that idea is because of how the character was handled in this TV show. I think Mm, if they had uh, written this version better, then I would be more open to that. But now I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, yeah. And so we get, uh, we're we're switching back and forth between what's going on with Guy and then the Ritson stuff. And so Ritson, he's telecasting that stuff that you were mentioning before, you know, saying there was a terrorist attack on my motorcade and it was done by Scrolls, even though there was footage of Talos rescuing him. But anyway, so now he's like, I want to declare all off-world species, all off-world born species, enemy combatants. And first of all, this is never how, like, even when someone who's ultra conservative and wants to uh, crack down, they never do it in this, I'm declaring all war on, you know, all Jewish people, for instance. Mm. They do insidious little changes bit by bit into the laws. And that's how they, uh, that's, that's how the Holocaust happens. You know, it's, it's not that suddenly it's one day, well, I just got out of the hospital and now I'm going to kill everybody. It's like, no, it's, it's, uh, and and if you actually show that in popular media, then people can understand and protect themselves against it more. If you present it like this and people are like, well, I haven't seen somebody just declare war on all of the species. So I guess we're safe. Does, does this um, decree mean the same for the Asgardians? Yeah, because yeah, Ritson's exactly. the one who try- signed the trade pact with them we saw in Wakanda Forever. Right. So. Yeah. So is he suddenly turning his, but he didn't like give them an exception, you know? Right. He didn't say he all said, non-shape-shifting. Whatever. No, exactly. He said everybody. Yeah. So who else is here that we know yeah. of? We know the Asgardians are here. We know the Skrulls are here. Are there any other that we don't know about that maybe Ritson does know about? Again, Yeah. I wish I knew more about Ritson. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because he also says, we know who you are, we know how to find you, and we will kill you all. So, And then we see, you know, yeah. the vigilantes, they obviously are getting the names from somewhere. So is, right. who's, where's he getting the names? Where's he getting the names from? Like, Yeah. Sonia? Well, yeah. I mean, well, they could have taken an inventory of everybody who came out of the basement of the, the reactor. Right. Yeah, that's true. But then, but then they know, then they know that uh, some of them have 
been returned. Yeah. Well, so then there's some questions. Okay. So we get the vigilante guys who come in and they, first of all, they get the studio has the worst security of a bunch of the guys. Worst. The worst. Like, how the these- gun. <laughs> They gunned down Shooter McGavin on air, which we didn't see him come out of that facility. So maybe he was elsewhere, the human version. But then they shoot the UK prime minister, who's already human. So then we see the red blood. So it's like their intel then is kind of faulty. And then, yeah, we see Shirley from uh, one of the first episodes attacked. And she's like, turns out she's kind of awesome and defends herself. And it makes me even more upset. Where was she? Yeah. Where was she? I think they, yeah, I think they must have like seriously cut some scenes with her, you know? Do Um, you you have any intel, Alicia, about the production? Was this always going to be a six episode thing? Is this a, did they cut back? It was going to be a movie. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a long time ago, but um, I think the the main thing about them, like, switching things up is the fact that they rewrote a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the COVID caused some rewrites. Uh, we know that the Ukrainian invasion caused some rewrites, but then obviously we have questions about <laughs> what did that change and why it didn't change some other things. So there's so, really no uh, no no clarity of, of how things went behind the scenes with what were the original. I mean, I think here. I think that the problem is a, a lack of clarity in general. You know? Yeah, well, indeed, I, because, um, again, you know, when we've said this before and I'll just say it again. There is such good material here. You could have run this out for two seasons. Yeah. And had some great cliffhangers yeah. and great yeah. backstory and had a real impact on yes. the MCU overall. So yeah. really wasted potential. Yeah. So yeah. So Ritson Fury calls him and when he's in his car at night, again, one last call at night, just uh, at least the show is consistent there. Fury says, yeah, I was also relieved we made it out alive until that hateful ass speech. I'm like, well, all right, this had me on Fury's side here. <laughs> <laughs> this re- this president is getting no respect. A lot of people well, uh, he's not earning trash it. in and around him. So Yeah. He's not earning it. But yeah, and then he's, Fury says to him, that's some real one president stuff. So you think that's setting up the Harrison Ford yes. coming in? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? 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 Harrison um, Ford? What? Yeah, he's going to he's gonna play Thunderbolt Ross, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, who's going to be the next president of the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they keep telling us things about future movies. That's going to be in the new Captain America movie. So, yeah, (laughs) we already know that. So we're just waiting for how that's going to be set up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and then with uh, the strikes and everything like that, everything's going to be really pushed. and Pushed back, yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. All right. I I had not... Yeah, I, I don't follow as close as you guys do, so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so just my last question about Ritson is like this is the guy Talos died to save, like come on. You know? <laughs> you know? Come on now. Yeah. Come yeah. on now. And and they they have a scroll detector now who who made mm-hmm. it? Like, yeah. we know how to find you. Okay. How, and how does it work? We haven't does, seen it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. know I have lots of, lots of questions. The we know who you are bit. Okay, I get it. The mm-hmm. we know how to find you bit. I don't get because if my cover is blown, I'll just take a new one. Yeah. I'm a shapeshifter for, uh, after all, right? Right, right. So, okay. And we know. haven't, they didn't introduce any sort of uh, detection technology no. other than cutting somebody's finger off. Yeah, no, right. they they have not. So yeah. that's interesting that they have one, apparently, maybe. Who knows? Mm, well, I don't know if that's truth or bullshit, or maybe he's still a scroll underneath it all. I don't know. Anything <laughs> could be true. <laughs> But then, yeah, we also have another scene that seems like it was cut down from there must have been much more because we have Sonia and Gaia finally meeting. Uh, We meet at last, which I honestly felt that like, yay, 
She says, I'm a friend of a friend. Your people need a leader. I'll help you fight Ritson. And uh, Gaia says, my father entered into a deal like that and it didn't go well. Uh, And Sonia said, so let's not repeat their mistakes. Uh, She's, you know, in her typical Sonia tone, like no warmth needed. Let's just use each other. Keep this planet and our people safe. And they're like, dealsies. And she's like, come on, let me show you something. And somehow Sonia knows about this warehouse where there's just like tons of people lying down in scroll captive machines. And Gaia doesn't know about this. She's as, as shocked by it. And Sonia says, this is how the enemy got so good. What does that mean? Yeah, who's the how enemy? How does she know? Yeah, the scrolls, I guess, but... I actually yes. kind of blanked the scene now that you're saying it. Yeah. I remember it, but I, I think I must have just been checked out at that point because the the alleyway meetup and come with me and Sonia, I, you know, obviously Olivia Coleman and, and great character, but it just seemed a little bit hand wavy. I know everything about you and I know exactly how to find find you. And I, it just didn't, yeah, there was just some believability here, issues here that I, I, yeah. I wasn't vibing with. It was such a cool setup and and visual, but it was like, well, why didn't you use that? Or it seems like, it feels like something must have, that's one of the places where it feels like something must have been cut. Is Sonya building her own Avengers? Like, okay. is, is Gaia the first? Yeah, it could be building a British team, because that would right. be cool. There's, you know. Is, is she doing, but we don't know. We have no idea. We don't, we don't even know, you know, what the future holds for these characters. So I, I'm, this, this scene left me more with more questions as you guys can tell, I've I've been having questions for the entire uh, <laughs> yeah for this entire episode, yeah. and this just left more questions for me, and, and that's not really a great thing, um, yeah. Because sometimes would, the questions yeah. are good, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you want to yeah. I, I, I want to see where this is headed, and then we could you know do some interesting things and think about where it might be going, but that's not what I'm doing here. What I'm doing here is just questioning why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's not cool. Yep. And then the whole story ends on the love story, which kind of makes it seem like that's the core of it. But uh, for me, I think it connected more with me than it did with a lot of other people. But yeah, we get uh, Fury coming home and he's sorry that he wasn't there. So I guess that's character arc. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's her name again? Charlene Woodard? Yeah. She's Yeah, she's She's incredible again. Just got to say it again. Uh, And she says, I know who I am when you're not here, which, you know, she means she's a scroll. Uh, it's when you come back that I start to wonder if you fell in love with me or this human face. And um, he's like, it's you, baby. Give me one last chance. I'm leaving tonight. But he doesn't invite her to go with him. So then <sighs> she's like, so I guess this is goodbye then. Because he's just like, oh, I, I want you back, but I'm leaving. Like, okay. And then he's like, if you forgive me, you know where to find me. So yeah, to quote Talos, use your words, Priori. <laughs> is she invited or not? So yeah, again, we had the the opening scene where I thought the relationship was done, and then now he's back, and and then they go off into space together again. Just really felt that there was a, a lot of other chefs in the kitchen, and they were throwing in spices and salts and peppers and whatnot without having a, a cohesive whole here. This was just all very confusing for me. I mean, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to the cinematographer again, uh, Remy Adafarison, who just, again, beautiful cinematography. So That was a pretty uh, scene. It was. Yeah. That, that field at night with the spaceship lights yeah. and, the, mm-hmm. and the headlights. Yeah. But yeah, there's it's a lot of questions there. There is Some of it seems to be setting up for the Marvels, like maybe that whole Kree peace talks thing, you know, that he wants Vara to come help him with, that 
might be something from the Marvel's movie that we're going to see. Yeah, but then there's, and then there's also, for me, it worked with, uh, you know, she's, like you said, call me by my real name. This is my real face. Uh, Will you accept me as I am? And Fury looks at her, like, you know, with this look of love and awe, like he he, he sees beauty and uh, set, you know, they kiss and have that nice ending where they exit space uh, exit stage spaceship <laughs> and they just like leave their cars there so i don't know whatever fine but then my question is she also says she has work that's never been more important so what do you think that work is like is it with the plants something or I, I, i'm guessing piece? that it's to make sure that ritson doesn't follow through on his okay delivery yeah, fair and you know kill all the scrolls i think yeah. it has to do with the plants as I'm thinking about it now, if we go back to episode one with Beto in the car and he's eating the scroll fruit, it kind of reminds me of the plant that gives the Black Panther their powers. Right. Okay. That, so, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that, that, that could be very- herb. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's what it is. This could be, uh, you know, put on your tinfoil hats here and uh, this this could be way off base, but- there's something I, I really thought it was about the plants and, and hmm. doing that work because they made a, a point there of the, she's always in her lab doing plant work. They set up the a whole beginning of the series with uh, something related to, to plants. So that that's my uh, my inclination. Okay. It's possible. Yeah. Make this I mean, a real home world. For any, anything's possible yeah. in this show yeah. at this point. Right. So a Cree scroll peace deal is possible in this. Uh, it just possible, but unlikely because that's not drama. <laughs> still, it's just such a terrible throwaway line. Oh, by the yeah. way, we're going to have peace. Come help me. Yeah. What? What? That's what? why I feel like it's got to be setting up the Marvels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, I should just keep my. <laughs> Keep myself calm here. There are, (laughs) I expect the writers and showrunners of the MCU properties to carefully craft the interconnections between these. And this just felt, again, very inattentive. Um, No setup, no indication. Right. you know what? What if you're watching the show for the first time? Who are the Cree? What is what does that have to do with anything? Right. Mm-hmm. It's just right. It's just a bad line uh, with mm-hmm. no with no context for it. So, sorry, I'm getting a little agitated. No, <laughs> no, no well, it, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. And then in their final great decision, they decided to make this the first MCU property with no credit scene. The crap is that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was my whole time. I was like, at least give us a good credit scene. Like, and this is like, fine, whatever, whatever. <laughs> like, and oh, and Jean, you were right. Nobody showed up. Nobody right. showed episode. up. Nobody yeah. showed up. I guess Gaia was Gaia showed up. That's, Gaia showed yeah. up. Everybody, but she was already yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody showed up, so it means nothing. No, it's, it's just yeah. everything means nothing at, at this yeah. stage. So yeah. I, I'm getting to the point of. Um, just bracketing this show and just setting it aside and maybe like they do in the comic books, you can just sort of go, Oh, okay. You know, this thing there was over a here story a once that was told. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like the TVA idea. Oh, snip. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of this entire timeline. Right. Just, That's just, right. Just do away with it. So yeah, the no, the no credit and credit scene really bothered me. It really bothers me. It's out mm-hmm. of the norm. It It is just so... What are we doing here? Like, I come to you because of these things. Right. <laughs> Delight me. This is, part of, <laughs> this is part of the charm. This is yeah. part of what right. it means 
to sit through and watch an MCU project. Right. That I'm right. going to get something at the end that's going to leave me excited for what's coming in the future. None of that. Are we serious? Come on, mm-hmm. man. Come on, guys. Come on, gals. Come on, mm-hmm. people. Come on, studios. Come on. Come on, showrunners. <laughs> what are we doing here? What are, what's the explanation for that? That, yeah, I don't know. that could that could actually make sense. Would it even be more tinfoil hat to go in and say that there were some impacts on the leadership change at Disney? Because I believe Iger came in and said we're gonna but but the sixth episode was already committed by the time Chapek and Iger swapped roles, right? Yeah, but I mean, but they obviously have reworked it a number of times. So right. there's, I think there's a lot of things that went wrong along the way that just right. made it, gave it this hack job. And I'm guessing at the end, you know, uh, probably would have been handy if they had had writers in the last phases if they were like <laughs> cobbling this back together, you know? Truth. <laughs> Speak some truth there. Yes. <laughs> That's the job of a writer yeah. is to and make this is these why, things cohesive and make this sense. This is why, uh, yeah, a writer's job is not done when the script is done. Right. The writer's right. job not is done when the show paper. is on the air. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Okay. Well, do we have anything more on the, the episode or... That that was that was the end. That was okay. the end of Secret Invasion. That was the end. Uh, you know, they walked into I, the light. Yeah, <laughs> they walked into the light. Indeed. I mean, yeah, I made some more notes that you know we talked about a wrap up episode, so we can get more into it then. Well, Alicia, thank you again so much for doing the uh, episode breakdowns for this series. Uh, let's step into the light of a commercial break really quick, mm-hmm. and then when we come back, we'll do some comics corners. All right, and we're back. Jean, you have some comics corner comps for us. What do you got? Yeah, um, okay. So, like I said earlier, I hate to be that person, but the the book, the written story was so much better than this um, television series. And part of the reason that I feel that way is because of the gravity of the situation. In the comic book story, you really get a sense of, of scale, of the importance to the earth, to the universe that this story is happening. Um, you, the cast of characters that they incorporated in 2008 was much greater than what we saw in, in this series. And it, there was a seriousness to it that I never felt in this series. There were important characters who were revealed to have been Skrulls, um, revealed to have been Skrulls for a long time. There was genuine shock that, you know, these uh, people had been replaced at the end of the series. There were lives lost that had real impact on the MCU comic book world. So there were big, big differences in how I read those comics and how I viewed this series. The ending in the comic was just so much better than <laughs> what we got here. Ritson is, is has become this bad, I don't wanna say he's a bad guy, but when you're calling for the you know elimination of an entire species that lives on your planet, you're kind of mm. a bad guy, right? Genocide's <laughs> generally yeah, genocide frowned is, upon. It's really bad, and mm. for for him to go from you know like really uninformed to a, a genocidal maniac in the span of I don't know 
this this six episode series just but yeah his screen time was like five minutes <laughs> yeah exactly and he went from you know totally clueless to yeah i'm gonna just we're just gonna kill everybody who's not human that didn't feel right to me whereas in the comics at the ending we get norman osborne who is an established villain who kills the head of the Skrull invasion, Queen Varanke, and essentially does it on TV for the world to see. And this places him in a position of authority, of being almost a hero to the populace of, of Earth. And in that way, he was able to gain access to power that he never had as a villain. He becomes the head of the organization Hammer, which at the end of the comic book series replaced S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. had been infiltrated and therefore S.H.I.E.L.D. was disbanded. So Hammer's kind of like uh, what um, what Saber is in the MCU? Yeah. Or sorry, not yeah. Saber, sorry, uh, Sword? What Sword is, yes, in the MCU. He, Norman Osborn, who is the Green Goblin for, you know, Spider-Man character, very, at that, at that point in time, was irredeemable and just villainous through and through is now hailed as a hero and running the security for the U.S. and basically for Earth. That had some real gravitas to it, you know, and it, it led directly into Dark Reign, which is basically Norman Osborn taking over. So I got none of that from this series. I got none Question. of the seriousness, none of the, oh shit, I can't believe this is happening in this series. And that's what I bemoan and um yeah that's what i regret that secret invasion didn't give us those oh shit moments so question i mean it seems like do you think maybe this secret invasion story isn't actually over because they had so many teases at the end that just leave things open and it almost feels like they're planning to wrap it up in somewhere else because we have that mysterious room full of people that sonia showed us uh we've got the scree uh Cree scroll, you know, um, peace negotiations coming up. And yeah, some people were wondering if um, maybe Thunderbolt Ross, Harrison Ford, maybe he could take the place of the Norman Osborn character in this. And that could be how he becomes president. That's just some speculation I've seen. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I don't know because, you know, um, they haven't given me any reason to think that. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, what I, mean? I mean, you know, I, I can desperate hope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People are hoping, and and I get it. But again, just going on on uh, based on the story that's being told so far, I don't see Thunderbolt Ross being anything but Thunderbolt Ross because in the comics he's a he's a jerk. Yeah. You know, he's not villainous in the way that Norman Osborn is. But he is he is. But he was an antagonist last time we saw him in the, in the MCU. Um, yeah. Yes, definitely. So that could be, but will it be? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know, again, more questions than answers and questions not in the good way that the comic book left me with questions. Right. <laughs> and this is where we reiterate that uh, our love for the MCU has not waned. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You Just because we don't love this particular show, we still found things to love about it. Let's see there what was, happens in the Marvels. If yeah. this story, Loki, if, if this yeah. story continues in the yeah. Marvels, right? I think it's gotta, right? 
but hopefully, yeah, but written by somebody else, right. definitely. So, right. you know, and hopefully with less studio, um, you know, rearranging. Yeah. So when we were at the beginning of the season making these comparisons to Andor, there are... Sorry. We have to, yeah, we have to make some, you know, uh, adjustments for that, obviously. But I think without taking the shows in a direct comparison, but letting them you know, sort of stand on their own, but isolating some of the things that I wanted for this season relative to what Andor gave us. One of the things that I really appreciated about Andor and the Star Wars universe was that it was a very dark and serious affair. Right that it had to do with things in the shadows. It had to do with hard subjects. There was a, a serious, and as John says, a gravitas and, and heaviness to the, the material that you found in the comic books. And so coming into this series, this season, the series, whatever you want to call it, that's one of the things that I was looking for, John, which I think you are saying you missed because the comic books were serious. There was not uh, the same level of seriousness in this series. And that is, again, a disappointing thing. I was really yes. hoping for something because, you know, we, we've got a lot of explosions. We've got a lot of big space battles in the MCU overall. Here's a very boiled down, simple story uh, between, you know, in this conflict between these individuals and between these races and the, and the earth. And it was very focused. And I really wanted that that whoa this is mm -hmm. this this has stakes this is important this this has ramifications and, um and to feel that and, and i didn't I think, feel it i think to the earlier points that that you both made is that you know given time maybe that we could have gotten that mm. right yes yeah, yeah six episodes there's no way well no i disagree because i think you can do a lot with you base. can yeah i i think that they just squandered that time because it's that's way longer than a movie you could do it in a movie so no, that's you know. fair that's fair. yeah yeah that's yeah. a really good point so all right anything else on the comic books uh jean no no okay. i i'm not going to compare okay <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> go from there compares the, to comic books. so rest in peace uh, yeah we do have some feedback a couple of things we have Okie dokie dokie <laughs> left a comment on Apple reviews. Thank you very much for, for giving us a great review on uh, Apple podcasts and any other listeners who feel that we've uh, done a good job. Uh, we certainly would appreciate that. And yeah, these reviews do, uh, they're meaningful for us. So thank you. Let's see. They did have some specific show related stuff. So it wasn't just a, uh, uh, a general comment, but it was uh, a specific show-related thing. They said, as Tavara not recognizing Gaia, even Talos didn't know that was his daughter until she said so. This must be a newish face since they started locking up people in a nuclear plant. I doubt Vara goes there as she's deep undercover as a double agent, kind of. Keep up the good work and thanks for being in even when you're out. <laughs> well played. <laughs> it's annoying when something is uh, bad, so podcasts just stop talking about it. We listeners, fans, still want to process the episode, maybe especially when it's disappointing. Thanks for all your thoughtful work. Yeah, that's Thank a great you, point. Thank you, okie dokie dokie. Um, Jean, any thoughts or Yeah, reactions? that's a great point. You know, we want to process even when it's disappointing. Yeah. Right. And 
that that is the essence of why we do what we do. That's you right. know, we want to praise what what needs to be praised and find the good in in things that 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 we can find. When things are are not going the way that we want them to go, it's nice to be able to talk about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I really appreciated this comment. I didn't actually think about it in that in this way uh, that they we still need to process even yeah. if it's uh, not meeting our expectations. Yeah. Alicia, is that a, a similar thought for you as well? Yeah, I mean, I think um, that sometimes you can learn even more from fumbles than from the successes. So interesting. I, yeah. I, yeah. And as far as the the recognizing Gaia thing, like, yeah, okay, that's that's good headcanon. It comes back to what we keep saying. Why do we have to make so much? Ted Cannon for the show. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, it's, uh, it gives us an opportunity, this show to analyze like, well, when something doesn't work, what causes that? What causes, you know, the show to not reach its potential? Right. Yeah. All right. We got another email from uh, Pele. Thank you so much, Pele, for engaging with us and sending in your thoughtful replies and and uh, really taking the time yeah. to get your thoughts out. So it's, it's always great to get feedback. We do this uh, as much to interact with you as to process our own as okie dokie dokie uh, said there. So um, their email starts off. I'll just quickly say that episode five was not good. Gravik doesn't make any sense and behaves like a child. Any uh, comments on the Gravik uh, over the top sort of attitudes and behaviors? Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a simple one. All right. On the point regarding the runes, however, I missed them completely on the first viewing. And not only were the Finns not Norse, there's zero cultural importance to the runes in modern day Sweden, Norway, or Denmark. Even ignoring their geographical displacement, they have no place on the gravestone. Mm. I noticed that in our Discord, there was a whole bunch of conversation, Alicia, that you were there having. Was, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, did you have anything to pull from, from that to uh, react to Pele's? No, uh, apparently I misspoke. And I, after I said that the Finns are not Scandinavian, maybe I accidentally said that they are. But just to be clear, they're not Scandinavian. They're not, Scandinavian. They're not Norse. <laughs> 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 they are from the Nordic countries. Right, right. <laughs> and but while yeah. we're at it, the Netherlands, also not Scandinavian, not Norse and not Nordic <laughs> either, just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, so there was some good conversation and some back and forth about uh, variances between cultures and uh, it even expanded beyond that. So yeah, if you're looking for a cool place to discuss these ideas even more in depth and, you know, join us on our discord. There's a, a lot of great people over, uh, out there and we're chatting about stuff. And real uh, quickly on this point, yes. right. This is what is so cool about storytelling that you can mm -hmm. have these sorts of breakdowns and conversations. Like why is it important that these runes exist? Why isn't it important that these runes exist? How did they, why uh, uh, this makes good fodder? You know what I mean. We'll be able. We're able to talk about why Finland is not Scandinavian. You know what I'm saying. Right. This is this is good talking points mm -hmm. too, because there are a lot of people who didn't know that. Right. Mm -hmm. right. 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 And this gives the opportunity to to learn something that you know you may not have known. And I think that's um, even when things are not done well, there's still an opportunity to learn from them, like you said, Alicia. Yeah, and don't uh, OD on potassium iodide and take on Chernobyl, you know? <laughs> we are not medical professionals, but we can <laughs> but do But I can research. tell you not to do that. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, yeah, and Pele points out too that you know this is just sort of uh, some misappropriated, pointless cultural stuff, and it just uh, it doesn't do anybody's any service uh, one right. way or the other. So, all right, they yeah, continue. And if it had been mm-hmm. in an Asgardian village, Pele said it would make more sense, which definitely is true. exactly yeah. yes, exactly. But apparently, this show forgot that New Asgard exists. Exists. On. <laughs> yeah, all the more every time we look at, at these things, we just realize that there's some weird warped effect around the outside of the show and and why or what decisions they made it, it some weird stuff happened so anyway uh it continues they somehow managed to tie together the whole mess but i don't know if i like this series as a package the beginning was strong but they really fumbled the rest and while the ending was okay all in i'm not satisfied uh, i was too quick to excuse the show in the middle uh, shame, such a good concept. I think, yeah, we've we're. I think we're all yeah, roughly we're on all that there. thing. Yeah. It it started out fine. It was going to be a fine television show. We weren't worried, and then we kind of, yeah, got uh, messy. Well, I I disliked the middle the most, but yeah, okay, <laughs> very uneven, right? We've got yeah, an uneven yeah. uh, uneven show. Who decided to call the president of Russia <laughs> Vladimir? I think Elisha, you pointed that <laughs> yeah. out. Did they change it last minute from uh, Putinsky or something? I found the way they split up the narrative between the hospital scene. And the at first infuriating Nick and Gravik scenes compelling and the reveal of Gaia really saved that entire scene. I was impressed with how they managed to trick me even after writing in with the theory of how it would all go down <laughs> for all the week setup. They put a nice bow on it. There you go. So, you know, again, we're finding areas of, of enjoyment and where Absolutely. we can mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. Uh, appreciate the show. Uh, they close up. Uh, Ritson is speaking bull and it shouldn't take a literal genocide to fear to realize that he's been on the wrong side the entire time. Bit annoying that the confirmation of my fury didn't try to find a new world theory turned out to be a fake out, but I'm taking it as canon. <laughs> it's still the only explanation. I don't know. I mean, cause Gaia said it when she was pretending to be fury. Yeah. So I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This idea of Fury being on the wrong side. Again, that could have been a really interesting thing. Yes. You know, he could have had he could have had a come to uh the surface realization moment when he goes, "Oh, I I miscalculated or I didn't think through the consequences or I was working in service of X, but X was really trying to accomplish Y the the entire time." So there is a, there's a lot of twists and turns that that were just missed potentials, missed opportunities here, as we've uh, been saying this whole time. So, yeah, yeah. All right, Paley, thank you so <laughs> much again for writing in. We really appreciate it. Uh, keep writing in because the MCU email address will stay active as we go forward. Real quick, while we're here, we're in a couple of weeks. We're going to do kind of a wrap up episode, right? And we're going to talk uh, uh, about some of the larger social sociological issues that were presented in the show. Talk about a little bit of what this may mean for the MCU going forward. And then I think we're going to talk some MCU news because some things are happening and shifting and changing. Uh, Things are being pushed and pulled and moved and whatnot. Um, And then... Halloween, Alicia, you are a big Halloween MCU supporter. I didn't even realize yeah. this was a thing 
it just well, was kind of there for me. New. I didn't realize yeah. it was a intentional effort that they have. So can you clue is, can you draw a little box around that uh, offerings for us? Yeah. I mean, well, it's not just Halloween and uh, like last year we got two holiday specials. We got right. Halloween and Christmas. True. Um, yeah. And so hopefully, I mean, who knows with the writer strikes last year with the Halloween special, like I was the one person out there the whole time. I was like, I swear we're getting werewolf by night. And everyone's like, it's not announced. It's not announced. It's not happening. And then it's September. Boom. They announced it, you know? So I'm, I know that they were planning another special. I know they've been planning, they have specials planned for the next few years. Um, but the question is, is it going to happen given the current situation with the strikes and everything? So and the hoping, prior to that, we had the Ghostwriter, right? That was a Halloween special. No, it's not. Uh, Ghostwriter is one of the future planned ones. Oh, sorry. Who is um, the going backwards? The- uh, Werewolf by Night. So far, we've only had Werewolf by Night. Oh, and that's set up. What am I confusing um, with the motorcycle rider with the chain? Well, yeah, he's, that but that, that's, yeah. that's Ghostwriter. He's, he's a Marvel character, but he's not yet in the MCU. But, but where did a, we unless get, you count Agents of Shield? Agents oh, it was in Agents of Shield. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. my we cover so much different shows that sometimes <laughs> the memory banks are, get a little yeah. corrupted. So that's what it was. I knew that that he was out there. So okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's one of the rumors of what's coming up. But um, they set up Man Thing at the end of the last one. But we also know that when they were filming the uh, what they're calling it Coven of Chaos now, the Agatha Harkness show, yes. okay. that they f- they filmed a Mephisto episode at the same time. Interesting. Um, All right. With Sasha, Baron Co- Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, okay. So maybe the most likely up next, either that or Man Thing, but we'll see what happens with right. the, the way things are. But we're definitely going to do some coverage there. I know you were really excited to talk about Werewolf by Night to promote that. Yeah. So we're going to uh, get some coverage in for that as well. We've got and there's Loki. some more ex- exciting specials lined up. We'll talk about them too. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And then obviously we have Loki uh, coming down the pipeline. Looks like they bumped Craven to 2024. I saw a New York Times article about that today. So uh, question mark, question mark. And then we have, what was the um, other one that they're going to drop? Echo. Echo is going to be a binge. So So we've got uh, coverage planned out uh, for the rest of the year, roughly. And we're hopefully going to get some Spider-Verse once the Spider-Verse comes onto streaming. We're going to rewatch that and then talk about it in a little bit more in-depth uh, process because Easter hard- eggs. Easter eggs. <laughs> exactly. We'll be able to freeze frame and take yes. pictures with our phones yes. and yes. analyze on a deeper level. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot more coming in the MCU pipeline. So stay tuned. Uh, real quick, let's talk about our upcoming programming schedules. Alicia, what do you have happening with your Wool Shift Dust podcast? Um, yeah, so the uh, Wool episode, the breakdown of the book, will be out in the book club uh, by the time that this drops, I think, <laughs> unless you're super fast. And yeah, and then uh, two weeks from now, we'll be dropping the uh, the next book in the series. We'll be analyzing Shift. And meanwhile, uh, next week on the public feed, Luke and I are going to be giving an introduction to the Dune coverage that we're going to be doing. And of awesome. course, yeah we, yeah, we know that that one is also being discussed, being moved, but we're just going to assume for now that it's not and just move forward. As I really yeah. hope they don't move it. <laughs> I, I, I did also see that there was... Mm, I think yeah. I think yeah. it would be not smart for them for a few reasons, because the only reason to move it is they're like, oh, well, we want a big money maker when we don't um, have people to promote. But 
yeah, this is one that they're going to want to have lined up for the awards. Yeah. And it also, it, they've been promoting it so much. And so it would be like really infuriating for the audience. And to be honest, they don't really need to, uh, the cast to promote this one. It I sells agree. itself. It sells itself. Yeah. It sells and it itself. would just really be kind of a depraved move. It would be a clear yeah. tactical move to, you know, avoid the dealing with strike issues and stuff. Yep. It would just be exactly. very cynical on yep. their part. It communicates that they're, they're yes. not even trying right they're, now. They're right. not being serious about exactly. resolving these issues. Because exactly. yeah, they're, they've been quoted as saying, we'll just let the strike run until uh, the writers lose their houses, you know? So that's the vibe that they're giving if they move it. Um, because they have literally said that. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it shows that, you know, they're, they're not serious about actually having conversations and working right. out a deal. Uh, they're just being uh, exactly. uh, one-sided about it all. So cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to the Dune stuff. And I love the fact that you're talking about the video games and Yodorowsky's Dune and all of the different properties. We're covering Foundation on our main Lorehounds channel. John and I are doing full yeah. uh, breakdowns. And uh, I really love the interplay and the space of conversation that exists between Foundation and Dune, because they're both huge seminal sci-fi works. There's some conversation around: Did Herbert write some of Dune in reaction to, uh, you know, Asimov's Foundation? Mm. Where are their parallels and where are their similarities? And so, I think it's a, a fun area of conversation. So. I'm uh, psyched that you and, and Luke are doing that. I'm, I'm jealous. I, I can't participate more, but I'm going to be listening. I'm going to be downloading every episode as, as soon as yeah. they make available. So well, we should do a uh, crossover Dune Foundation. 100%. Ooh, yeah. that's very cool. I like that idea. Talk yes. about the the similarities and yeah. Very cool. I'd, yeah, I'd, I think I'd listen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, very cool. So you've got your Patreon book club. Uh, go check that out. Those are pay per episodes uh, for the book club. Yep. And then patreon.com uh, slash we'll shift dust. Perfect. And then we'll shift dust does Dune is your next show on the, on right. the public feeds. All right. So keep an ear out for those. We have properly Howard movie reviews is going to be starting up their season very soon. They dropped a teaser episode at the end of June. Howard the duck. Starting on August 14th, we're going to have White Men Can't Jump, uh, a Dune Part 1 uh, movie review with uh, Steve and Anthony. And then they're going to do RoboCop. So those White Men Can't Jump, Dune, and RoboCop are going to be the August offerings for Properly Howard movie reviews. If you haven't checked them out yet, definitely do it. Anthony's a academic. Steve's a stand-up comic. They walk into a podcasting studio and have a lot of fun uh, taking <laughs> down movies. Um, not taking down, but having fun with movies. And this year's or this season's themes are, are remakes. So these are all mm. all the movies are going to do this this round are remakes. For the Lorehounds, we're coming to the end of the month. We've got we should have just dropped an episode on. Earthsea, our second part of the Further Shore Part Two. We will have also dropped a our most recent episode of Silmarillion stories, and it's the flight of the Noldor and and Valinor, the darkening of Valinor, and that is with Marilyn Arpaquila, who is our favorite Tolkien scholar. As mentioned, we are covering Foundation in full, looking into August. That is going to carry forward with Foundation. Then we have a, a two-part Ahsoka retrospective to get ready for Ahsoka once that live-action show starts up. Really looking forward to that. 
then we will be looking in staring down the maw of Wheel of Time, which is so we're going to have Foundation, Ahsoka and Wheel of Time all overlapping for like a week or two. It's going to be crazy. Man. What a <laughs> yeah. time to be alive. That's right. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're still rolling forward on Silmarillion stories. Um, Earthsea is going to take a break in August. We're going to come back with book four, Tehanu, in September. We've got some travel and vacation stuff. So we just said, oh, let's just bump it because we want to be able to really pay attention to that book. So I need to catch up. <laughs> yes, yeah, still a lot going on. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for your listens and for your support. Last thing I want to do is thank all of our Patreon subscribers. You all make this all possible. You help pay for the operations and taking care of all our contributors and hosts. As always, we want to shout out to our lore master patrons. There are top tier supporters, Samartian Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter OH, Patina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwang Yu, Laura G, and Robert L. Really uh, our most heartfelt uh, gratitude to you all. And thank you for making our first year of podcasting really a special thing that we have been able to grow our family and to have the, the fun covering the shows that we love. So uh, that's it for us for a couple of weeks, MCU folks. We'll be back in middle August with our season wrap up and uh, we'll have some more MCU news and plans then. Alicia, thank you so much for all that you do. We're so glad to have you here. Jean, thank you as well for uh, bringing us in and out of the comic book world safely. Uh, <laughs> using our little Jean particle uh, beamer uh, yeah. action to, to transport back. And yeah, forth. I got one, but we still need a scroll detector. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.